Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. Pat, you were home. I'm always home. I'm on tour. Me too. You're doing great, dude. Telling true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. This is my advice to you. And I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires at $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, go bros. I got a great guest, Mr. Joseph McCabe out of Philadelphia, PA. I met Joe couple years back on the real estate rock stars podcast and uh got him to join go abundance and and he's rocking and rolling in philadelphia and uh joe great to have you yeah thanks pat i'm glad to be on hey real quick let's start off with who you are give, give us a like a three minute rundown of uh, the day you were born till now and sure. uh, uh your life story sure so i was uh born back in 1992 27 in philadelphia Raised by a teacher and a, and a cop. My dad's a cop. People automatically assume I had a silver spoon. It actually just happened yesterday. And uh, <laughs> we got in a big argument over that. But for the local guys, there's a lot of local wait, guys. Wait a minute, you got in an argument with someone? Yeah, I'm sitting with an agent. And, you know, sometimes people throw jabs in, in the conversation. And she's like, you know, not everyone's born with a spoon. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to ignore that one. And then she said, and, you oh, know, not shit. everyone has a grandpa. She went there. Oh, yeah. And then she's like, not everybody has a grandpa to give them money to start their business. I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, are you talking about me? Because when I started my business for the first year, it was mortgage payment or uh, pay the rent for the business. And a lot of yeah, times she was calling you a mama's boy to your face. Like, where did yeah. she get that ammunition? Was she just was she just making this stuff up or, or was she uh, I, or was it legit? I think she's got a bit of a, a victim personality and she's been in the business a long time. And I think she just feels like someone owes something to her at this point. Like she's played the game long enough that she should have more. Um, yeah. That used to happen to me. You know what I mean? People, people would just be like, you know, they, I, I hated it. You know, when I first started in real estate, they'd be like, maybe, you know, I've been doing this 30 years. And I was yep. like, yeah, you, just, you don't do it right. You know what I yep. mean? Like, clearly you don't, you're, you're not. And anyways, it's fascinating. All right, go ahead. Finish your story. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. But for the local guys, I went to uh, St. Cecilia's in Fox Chase and Father Judge High School. I then went to uh, Penn State for two years and I was in ROTC, decided to switch jobs from I was going to be a um, uh, I think I was going for nursing actually at the time, but I switched jobs. I said I wanted to be a criminal investigator with the army. 
you can't be an officer and be a criminal invest in the criminal investigative division. So I had to enlist. So I enlisted in the army two years into college, uh, went through all my training, graduated from Cabrini College, also local to Philly, and you know immediately hit the ground running with with real estate. So kind of while I was in my last year of school, I I started um, getting my real estate license because uh, I was training people at LA Fitness, and a couple of them were realtors. So I got my real estate license, jumped right in at I think Long and Foster first, then KW. KW is really where I got my footing and realized that, you know, there was way more money I could make in real estate by being an owner. And so, and I learned a little bit about investing, got on some good teams, and then uh, I decided to open my own Remax franchise. So from there, uh, from there, it was like buy one or start one Remax. Then I bought three more Remaxes. I just bought a fourth Remax last week. We have six title companies now, a mortgage company that's national, and a bunch of other businesses that aren't even ancillary at this point. They're just, you know, I've gotten my foot into the bar business, the home healthcare business. Uh, we have two plane rentals. So a bunch of different industries that we've kind of stepped into just from just from realizing uh, at KW that I was definitely meant to be an owner. I actually had a meeting with a broker and she's like, she's like, man, you don't, you don't get along with anybody. She's like, you fight everything. She's like, you really are an owner. And she's like, you, you fight need to, everything. Like, yeah. She's like, you fight everything. She's like, you got to be an owner if you want to run your own show. And so they really pushed me to do that. Wow. That's great. Yeah. And you know, it goes back. There's an old saying, it's just talented people push you. I think we all have to remind ourselves of that because obviously you get pushed too by probably your best guys and girls. But you know, whenever somebody's just annoying me, I think about that saying talented people push you. And it just means that they're really fucking good you know what i mean and right. uh, they may be better than you but it doesn't matter you know what i mean you want them on your side pushing you it's a good thing but it, but it's hard because you react i used to have people and and i would react and then they then i'd have to worry about them leaving and i'd be like no i don't want them they think they're really good you know right. what i mean like you know yeah, um, everyone wants to tell you how to run especially in real estate you know it's the, the agents they you know, they all like to say, and and they know, they know, and they'll jab you with it. You know, oh, I could get a better deal somewhere else. And I take my, it's my business. I could take it home with me. And at the end of the day, you don't want to lose them, but you don't like to feel threatened either. And it's, it's kind of a tough thing to, to deal with because really they're just trying to give you their advice. But for some reason, the majority of them want to tell you that they could leave if you don't do it. Yeah, man, that's crazy. So you just bought your fourth Remax. Here's the question, right? What what kind of multiple are you buying real estate brokerages for? Let's say, you know, today is November 25th, 2020. So we're at the end of 2020. There's a lot of people in GoBundance that are doing their one sheets with multiples. And there's other people on the outside that aren't in real estate that are saying, man, your multiple is whack. Right. You're, that's not, uh, you need to lower your net worth on yeah. your one sheet. So tell me about what multiple is realistic these days for a real estate brokerage. So I'm buying at uh, less than three, per, uh, three times for most things. Um, three times the EBITDA? Like NOI, times, like, the, the actual net operating income. The net operating income. Oh, yeah. that's not bad. Like, I think a lot of these guys have them at, at three and a half. So, you know. So you're so you're paying you're I'm paying a decent up. market value. You think you're stealing them at three? I, I'm st I'm stealing these companies. I'll tell you why. So everything that I've bought is has been um, 
100% leverage. Not that I've 100% leveraged the equity and the value, but I've 100% leveraged the purchase price. So everything seller financed, I put a very, very small amount of money down. Everything I bought, I mean, we have, I have 115 properties. I forgot to mention that, but we talked about that extensively on Real Estate Rockstars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but people didn't hear that. So go ahead and yeah, so, talk away because they're probably like their head is spinning out. 27-year-old <laughs> guy. I think he's full of shit, you know, is what yeah. they're saying. So let's probably let's let's dig deep into this. So that's how so. I sell the deal. You gotta be full of shit to sell the deal. <laughs> they uh <laughs> but everything we bought is like the 115 units between Pittsburgh and, and Chicago, and we're taking down a deal in Kentucky now. All I bought Remax affiliates, uh, the local guys will know them, uh Alan Stassen's offices. I bought that in um April. Full, almost fully seller financed. I only put down a hundred grand. So, so when you say seller finance there, okay. So like, give me some particulars, like what interest rate are you and, and what were the terms? Let's just say well, what the financial yeah, terms. Yeah. And his deal was even better than that. So I, um, his business, I, I took his P and L and he was showing a negative 50 grand profit per year on average. I was like, well, how the hell are you doing that when you're, he's like the number one Remax affiliate. It doesn't make any sense. And he was top heavy on staff. Like he had nine staff members. I operate mm. each office with one. He had nine staff members in one office. So when you, I looked you, at his p and You operate a similar volume office, similar amount of agents with yeah. one? Yeah. So each office has one, basically one office manager. And then she, she's, uh, it's all, all girls at each office. So she's responsible for, uh, their commission payments. And then we have one conveyancer that actually works for our title company, um, our in-house title company. So, you know, we have one conveyancer, one compliance officer, and the guy's a total dick, but he does a great job and people love him. And then, um, and then one office <laughs> manager in each place. That's funny. And uh, okay. So does Remax, like I know at like Keller Williams world, like they say, Hey, you got to have you know, uh, you know, a, a, a team leader, you got to have an, a, a, you know, a, an accountant person and you got to have like, you, you know, you have to have it set up one, two, three, four, mm -hmm. or you're in default of the franchise agreement. Does, is Remax like that? I, I was talking to one of my attorneys and he's a, he's a litigator from, uh, he's, he's a friend of mine now. And he was just looking through the franchise agreement for fun one day. We were at lunch. And he's like, he's like, this thing is just written so that you are always in default. And I was like, yeah, it makes sense. You know, they always want to be able to come in and take you back if they wanted to. That agreement, all those franchise agreements, even for our home healthcare companies, they're all written so that we're always in default. You could never adhere to everything in there. It just kind of is what it is to be a part of the brand. Remax doesn't, the only thing Remax really cares about for us though, is, hey, don't, don't mess with the logo. Don't mess with the trademarks and the color scheme. And, and we'll pretty much leave you alone. So just looking at like when he I think Keller Williams is a lot tighter. I think that uh, Keller's not an empty their 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 uh, franchise agreements aren't an empty threat. Like they would, you, you know, the regional uh, director, whoever it would be, it's almost like their job would be to uh, uh, keep 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 tapping away at you until you hired the person that would be uh, that that you're not hiring, violating. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 I mean, they're, they're, um, they're a very structured franchise, like, and, and Remax just doesn't do it. Remax really sometimes is more like a license in a way. 
And they provide some real, I mean, every franchise now provides the same tools. There's, there's nothing proprietary or special about any of them. It's all the same stuff. And we all know 70% of the agents aren't using them, probably even more than that. Like Remax Affiliates has been around since 1979. So getting anybody to use technology in this office is impossible. But we're, you know, we're doing it now. We're pushing it towards them. But Remax is pretty good about, you know, providing tools, not that everyone uses it, and then just kind of letting each office run run itself however they want to. Yeah, and it's just a different philosophy. It's not right or wrong. I agree with you in that, um, you know, the majority, I don't care whether they're agents or just people in any business. You know, when you start throwing the technologies and these systems and all this stuff at them, you, you know, if only 30% actually use it, you almost have to be like, that's okay, rather than spending all your time and energy pushing and forcing and, you know, whatever. And then they just leave and go to another brokerage you know it's because yeah, I have on my back that, all the time for this stupid stuff you know i have agents that still make us have uh listing and buyer packets blank ones printed out so they could do it by hand yeah and it's uh i fought it and i kicked and screamed for the first three months when i owned this business and i finally just said if that's how you want to do it it is what it is but just know this technology's here and i'm always here for you when you're ready to learn that's yeah it. give the people what they want right yep. you know what i mean give the people what they want and then you so, okay. So, so that's fascinating. So you're really, I mean, so if the guy's negative 50 grand, what do you, how do you, how do you come up with that? Like, how do you. So I just took my P and L and I put it on top of his and I said, why, well, you know, at the time I was Remax experts and I said, well, here's the systems I use. Here's what they cost. And here's his agent count. And I had his, you know, his fixed expenses, his rents. I actually, because it was April, this is part of the thing. I was able to go in and renegotiate every single rent payment he was making. So that was helpful. One of them, I got like 60% off the rent per month for another five years. And but, you just said, I'm the new sheriff in town. And, and yeah, I'm I said, new I'm, the, I'm the new owner. I said, this guy is a personal guarantee. And so just look, I'm either going to move out and you guys are screwed and good luck leasing up commercial real estate right now, or I need to pay 50% less because he really was taken advantage of. They were paying way too much. It wasn't even close to market rent. It was a bad deal. You know, I wonder if there's going to be a lot of that going on. I mean, I know I own 10% of a Keller Williams office in Annapolis, Maryland, and um, they are in a god-awful lease. And um, I believe, and I, I'm not sure for this because I'm a, kind of on the outside, right? I just look at, you know, I, I'm not like hands-on at all, that there was a personal guarantee on it. And mm. it's like it's like a 30-year lease. Damn. And I'm like, are you know, I need to... You know, what would what advice would you have for someone that did that? You know, now's the time to do it. I would take a, a real scummy attorney with no soul and go to them and be like, oh, we're not paying. We're not paying the rent. Here's the new rent we're going to pay and just renegotiate it. It's the time to do it. I've done that on a lot of things. It, it wasn't even just our, you know, just right now. Uh, what, what's the girl's name that does all the seller financing with businesses? She's always on. She was in the cannabis industry. She had really good. Uh, is that who? Cody? Cody Sanchez? Cody. Yeah. A lot of what Cody does is exactly what I've been doing with all these, these companies locally, like home healthcare businesses. We bought one in Lake Jackson, Texas, one in Pittsburgh. A lot of these people were just scared of what's going to happen. So home healthcare, you mean like nurses that go in there? Yeah. Uh, ours specifically is, is more home care. I always say home healthcare because it rolls off the tongue, but um, it's home care. So just basically a one-on-one -on -one with, you know, mom and dad in the home. So non-medical. So, so have you met, have you met Joseph Westler? 
I don't think so. He's at a he's at a Charleston. I'll I'll connect you. He's the GoBundance brother out of Charleston, South Carolina. He just bought two of those. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he just bought two of those home home healthcare companies and um, significant ones. I think one was in both are in Georgia, as is you know. So, anyways, I'll, I'll hook you guys up. Yeah, How's that good. business going for you? Uh, really good. Uh, I guess in that business, no matter what administration comes in, we'll be protected. But that's a scary piece of it. They, they, um, we actually got, so the, it's a franchise. It's care builders is the franchise and the guys who, oh, run, you know, there's another GoBro too, that has, that, that has a visiting angels, uh, franchise. Oh, yeah, that's okay. like four of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a uh, pretty similar to that. And th- this, um, we bought their two largest franchises, which it's not a big company, but they'll do like 10 million a year gross in, in billing. So it's not massive, but that's still, I think net profit, that's still going to run like for 10 million to kick off like 460,000, something like that. So it's still pretty good. But they, again, were both fully seller finance deals. Home care is a really crazy industry because if you look at the numbers, they'll trade for anywhere from six as high as 25 time multiples. It's, it's insane. Really? Um, Oh yeah, there's I, Chris. Chris Smith is the guy with Visiting Angels. He's got like three or four. I have to introduce you too. See, yeah. we got three GoBros in the home healthcare business now. That's yeah, I have, a, of, I have a, a mini GoPod. Yeah, well, my operating partner <laughs> runs. Uh, he's the CEO of uh, a home care company around here. I can't say the name because he does mine on the side, and but he runs my operation, and and we just he'll be breaking away from there soon to do it full time. So that's awesome. The wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, so let's get let's get into some of your one sheet, man, because we could be here all day just chatting about this sure. stuff. Um, okay, so what what is your current horizontal income? So where's my one sheet? I actually have a different version of it. So I think I'm at, well, so I bring in just from the active cash flow in the businesses alone, I'm about a half a million a year now. Okay. So, and what is your, what, what is your personal expenses? Like, is it just you? You married, you got kids. What do you got? Um, I have a girlfriend and two dogs, so I have basically right. no expenses. So I have you, very what are, low. What are your debits on your personal account monthly? Would you monthly? Say? I'm less than like five grand. No, I don't believe that bullshit. Yeah, no, it's got to be serious. I spend no money. Let's see. I'm trying to find my net worth. I mean, you're more, you're, so, so you're. Uh, what would that be? A thousand percenter? You say you make? What did you say you making? Fifty grand? No, half. Yeah. You making forty grand? Let's say. Yeah, about forty grand. So my quarterly, the quarterly disbursements I take are between between like one hundred and twenty and one hundred and fifty thousand. I'm pretty conservative, so I keep six months reserves in every single company. I'd rather have it there instead of transferring it back. And then, so you're an eight hundred percenter, meaning like if you quit today, right, this passive income would come in eight hundred, eight hundred at eight at a rate of. If you're a hundred percenter, you'd be making five thousand a month in passive income. You're making forty thousand a month in passive income. So you're an eight hundred percenter. I guess the question is, would any of that does any of that income require you? 
Oh, okay. So yeah, so the real estate company does right now require me. I did hire somebody that starts in January and he'll be my general manager of all the all four Remax offices at this point. So that'll be your vertical income. So if you take out the vertical income, what what's horizontal? Like what do you get paid without working? You got um, COVID for a month right now. What uh, what are you getting paid on? Here's my PL. So I bring in, I would say I still probably cleared 15 to 25 a month, depending on what I take. All right. So three, let's say 300%. That's, that's good. Okay. So, and obviously you got stuff everywhere. Now here's, here's a great question that that's curious. And I know what the answer is roughly, but you know, what is your debt to net worth ratio? Like the amount Um, of debt against your net worth. So debt wise, I'm at, and this is recourse debt. If you sign a non-recourse loan, oh. it doesn't count. Uh, everything's it's non-recourse. So then, every, uh, everything's not like your your home mortgage. Your no. So MP. besides my home mortgage, the only thing, uh, well, the home mortgage and the car lease are the only thing that are recourse. Everything else, I, I don't have any other debt besides the mortgage. And the Even car. on the owner financing, though, that's got to be. It's probably. No personal guarantee. Uh, I don't no have no personal guarantee. guarantee. No, I refuse to sign them. I, I almost got in a bad situation with my first investment property. Mm-hmm. And I never again. No way. And the guy was a good friend of mine. I, I actually own a plane with him now, but that was not fun. I didn't like that. Well, so that's so so that's great. I mean, you're starting out great, right? So so what is it? What's the number? So a hundred and eighty nine thousand is the debt on my house. And the car is thirty-eight thousand. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. So thirty eight thousand a year. No, what you owe? Oh, yeah, total debt. Sorry. Oh, okay. So total debt is two twenty. Two twenty against your net worth is what percent? Making me do math, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be. You know, I'm at seven three, like three percent. Crazy. So. Yeah, well, good for you. I mean, I can't argue, right? I, I mean, you can't if it's non-recourse, it's non-recourse. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, pass the rules. I'm just curious, though. Like, if the rule for GoBundance was recourse and non-recourse, right? Which is not relevant at all, really, in life. But I'm just curious more than anything. Yeah. What would it be? Um, so on the, the, I guess the biggest piece then, if it was recourse, would our properties in Pittsburgh. They're worth like, I think about 2.5 roughly. It's all single family stuff. Uh, but I, I know they're about 2.5 because we had recent appraisals on them. I know we owe 1.6, like 1.65 maybe. So that's a big chunk of it. The, that's like 60%. Yeah, 60%. The way so the Remax, yeah, the way the Remax debt is uh, scheduled. Well, it's not debt. So what I did with that guy is I gave him a hundred grand up front. And then I gave him a profit share of 30% per year for five years. So it's not, and that's non-recourse, but so he just gets a profit share out of all the money that I, I make for him, I guess, going forward. The airplanes are only 80,000. So, I mean, what would you say? Like 60% you think is real realistic? I mean, we don't have to get maybe, exact. Yeah. Maybe 60. less than that. Probably like 40%. I'd say both. Really? 40%. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty awesome, dude. So Joseph, let me ask you this. 
there's one more ratio I'm going to go over on your one sheet, and then we'll move on to health. But what is your horizontal to net worth ratio? If you took that 20 grand, right, that you're getting a month horizontally, not the REMAX income, not mm. the, not the in-the-business income, just the horizontal part of it, whatever that is, divided by your net worth, what percentage uh, return are you getting on your net worth right now? Uh, it's like less than 1% that I'm not actively involved in, which is something that I'm really hammering down on this year and realizing that, you know, for for four years, well, five years now, I've been day to day in the grind with Remax and it's worked. We have 170 agents, four offices, um, the mortgage company's thriving, but I'm at the point now where it really, I guess it really doesn't need me. I'm probably more in the way than anything and it's time to bring in the experts so I fired a, an executive from KW locally that's going to run the Remaxes for me. I'm still going to be here to recruit and everything and, and help him, uh, but I need to focus on you know more acquisitions and, and getting even larger. Um, same thing on the mortgage company. I just put a manager in place. So I still have blurred lines and I'm sure everything would run itself without me, but I guess by the numbers, what's actually passive is basically just the real estate and the title companies mm-hmm. that I don't yeah, yeah. every month. Well, yeah, no, that's good. I mean, and here's the thing. Everybody kind of comes up with this number and it's generally like I did a, I did one of these interviews yesterday and it was less than 1% too. And it was kind of embarrassed. I was like, no, that's the funny thing about what we don't realize. And that's what's so great about this ratio is it makes you realize like, you know, well, hmm, should I be getting higher returns on my net worth? You know, because generally most, I think the average GoBundance guy is like somewhere around two and a half percent. Uh, which sounds low, right? When you look at like a an investment and someone's saying, hey, you know, I get you 8% or 10% or whatever, seems reasonable. But when you actually look at all the equity that we have and all the liquidity right. that we have, it just dissipates. And it's, yeah, I was uh, going to say it's misleading. I, I did very find a budget here too. So I run it, and this is, yeah, this is still pretty accurate. It's about $55,569 a month is my budget. And that's, the majority of that's it's what? Oh, 5,500 a month, you're saying? Yeah, 5,500 a month. <laughs> All right. All right. Good for you. Good for you. All right. So uh, let's move on to health. Uh, how much do you weigh? And even 200, trying to get to 205. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to gain weight? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I power lift pretty much every night from like 10 to 12. At 10 to 12. That's, yeah. And uh, like, what do you do? Tell me about this, right? This is interesting. Tell me about your powerlifting uh, routine. What do you do? Uh, so I've been doing really heavy lifting pretty much since college, uh, since I got in the army. And um, so I'll do, it's it's a combination of more, what would you call it? Like high rep stuff, but, but low weight heavy stuff. So I'll split everything up by a muscle group. So one day's back, one day's chest, one day's legs. And I always start with a very, you know, a heavy movement, like a deadlift, and then tons of accessory movements, you know, lap pull downs, rows, things like that. So I have a a guy that I went to high school with, or sorry, college, and he's a chiropractor and a trainer. So he started building programs for me over the past year uh, to really help keep me in check so that I don't, you know, fall off on it because it's very easy to do right now. But it's the one kind of relaxing thing I get to do in a day is, is go to the gym for two hours after I'm done my work, uh, I always go to the gym, no matter how tired I am. And I do it every day, seven days a week, uh, which is probably super unhealthy. Uh, but, but I don't care. It's the only time I can shut off my brain. And uh, I just go in there and lift as heavy as I possibly can. And, and you know, no aerobics. 
Barely, barely. I'd be lying if I said I did. I probably yeah, say run, no. It is what it is. I mean, yeah, probably matter. like once a week or or biweekly, I'll run like three miles just for the hell of it. I mean, do you do lunges and step ups and anything oh, yeah. like that to get your heart going, or is it all like oh yeah, no. Shit? My accessory movements are are usually uh, compound compound movements, or towards the end of the workout, I'll do like seven sets of eight with a lower rep or lo- a lower weight yeah. type thing. And- All right. Well, that's getting your heart going there. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's okay. All right, cool. And, and let's talk. And what's your body fat percentage? I have that. I don't know how accurate it is, but that electric meter that you hold, it's yeah. 15 to 16% on any. Yeah. Game. None, none of it's real. The, the most accurate, accurate thing is the DEXA scan. If you get, if you get an opportunity They're, I'm sure they got one in Philly. I had to go to DC to get mine. Oh, wow. Uh, but uh, look it up, Dexas It's like a hundred bucks you get it, and it, 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 it's money. It tells you uh, all the rest. They don't. They're, they're all. It could be five, seven percent off. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. All right. So uh, let's talk about the future there. So let's talk about some goals. What What are your What are some business? What's one big business goal or two big business goals for Joseph in the next twelve months? So I have a really hard time with this and because I, I seem to keep getting myself into more and more deals. And someone always told me a long time ago that as long as I, like, I, I don't make myself the owner operator. So most of the stuff I buy, I'm not really involved in on a daily basis. Like I don't know anything about healthcare. I never really want to, I just want the money. But so I'm good at passing that part off and finding an operator. But I, I know like, I definitely want to have 400 real estate units and on a really conservative number, I would say 400 units paying me at least 100 bucks a month net is, is kind of a good place to be. And I want to get to a point where I'm at a million dollars free cash flow, whether it's active or passive. I just wanted a million dollars coming in per year. And so next year, I'll hit that for sure. So I've already set my goals too low, but that's what they were. And I haven't hit the real estate goal yet, but I'm aggressively working on getting deals under contract to get there. Nice. And so how many do you have now? Did you say? Uh, it's 115. 115. So give me 12 months. How many do you want to have in 12 months? Um, in 12 months, I, I think I can get to uh, the 200 number. And, and 200. Now, aren't you a little afraid of putting square pegs in a round hole and overpaying in this market? So that's the one thing that, that has made it hard is that like for me to buy my first real estate portfolio, the 70, I think it was 77 in Pittsburgh, something like in the 70 range in Pittsburgh, that was a hundred percent seller finance. And I refinance, I had one year to refinance for me to find that deal. I easily submitted 250 letters of intent because mm. I had to find some guy that was like, okay, yeah, I'll give this kid a hundred, you know, I'll give this kid all my property, a hundred percent seller financed and at a discount. So I buy everything everything real estate related automatically at uh, like 75% loan to value. And I can't, and I don't at the, and this is from me just not having money at the time. I knew I needed something stable. It needed the cash flow. I couldn't be in a situation where it was value add. I would have lost everything. So I've always bought everything super conservative, which has forced me like Philly's not an option. Uh, Pittsburgh was an option. The Midwest is an option. And multifamily was definitely not an option because it's it's so inflated. A lot of their prices are so inflated and everyone's buying multifamily. So I've been kind of uh, funneled into the single single family market, which is good because no one else is buying it. So I've been buying a lot of single family 
uh, portfolios and the expenses are higher, but the financing is usually, at least in my opinion, and the people that I've been working with, it's usually easier. And sometimes the terms are more favorable. So but they you're are having high. to get commercial loans at this point, right? Uh, I'll do a single family blanket loan. It's a commercial loan, I guess, but yeah, it's uh, five, it's a five, when's it expire? Five years? Uh, we got 10 year terms on ours. So we have 10 years and it's on a, uh, yeah, I think the one thing that I'm seeing is a lot of people doing what you're doing and, and all these loans are going to expire around the same time. That's, that's the thing I would do is just do whatever you can to try to, even if actually some expire in five years, it's better. Cause if you can get out without a prepayment penalty and refinance, at least they're not all coming at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I think our, um, and I didn't do this on purpose. Uh, it was, I didn't know anything. So it was just set up this way, but I think in five years we don't have a prepay. So I, and our plan was like, okay, we've I paid. I guess down that's probably bet, best. Yeah. And then maybe plan on selling a couple in seven, eight, nine. So you don't all of a sudden have all this refi because if the market sucks in 10 years, you know, be it be problematic, 90%. right? Yeah. All right, cool. So uh, what about, you know, personal goals, non-business goals? Give me a non-business goal for the next 12 months. Um, so I, I uh, it's kind of ongoing, but I'm, I'm finishing up my, my pilot's license. And that was a big one for me right now, wrapping that up. So I'm at the point now where I just have to pass the, the ground school, uh, the actual test, take the actual test for the FAA. And then, um, and then I'm working on, I keep telling my brother, I'm going to do this because he's big into jujitsu, but uh, finally going to start jujitsu with him next Thursday, I think. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'll get into that. I always tell him I have a gun. I don't need to learn to fight with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> What's he say to that? Uh, he says, if he gets close enough, he's, I'm not going to be able to get the gun, but we'll see. I told him we should try it out. You mean he's going to hit your hand before you can get it. Yeah. He's, he's pretty big into grappling. He loves that stuff. Yeah, I guess that's what jujitsu is, right? Yeah, it's all grappling it. and chokeholds, and but I'm so I'm gonna I'm gonna get into that this year and and really learn the uh, martial arts and diversify the the sports. I've done it on and off with him all year, like maybe three times a month I'll go, but that's not enough to become proficient. And um, so I'm gonna work on that a lot. And with the flight training, I'm gonna go immediately from uh, private pilot. I'm gonna get the instrument rating. And then I'm going to go on to uh, uh, try to get some additional, more complex ratings. That's probably, I, I think that's probably a good idea. I, you know what I'm thinking in my head? And like, I, I, and, and again, I don't know the science behind this, but it appears that when people do like heavy upper body workouts for a long period of time, they get really strong, you know, upper body, but then they get a beer belly. Like they get like fat, you know what I mean? And it's for, for whatever reason it happens, it may, it may be what, what you crave, uh, you know, during it, the foods or, or I don't know what it is, but it just seems to be, you know what I mean? Compared to like more people that are mixing it, running, yoga, high intensity interval training and heavy lifting, you know, what I mean? and martial arts or, or two of those or three of those, you know what I mean? Yeah. I always like, like you're less low. We always joke do. in the gym. Cause it's like, you know, okay, yeah, you have a six pack, but I can bench four fifty. You know, it's, it's we always go back and forth with the guys that are <laughs> right into that stuff. What would you rather have, right? Yeah, four fifty. Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of high school too, right? I can yeah. bench four fifty. Oh yeah, super <laughs> caveman. Well, you'd have won states too if coach put you in. <laughs> yeah, right? oh, yeah. it's, it's all ego. We're like cavemen. It's, it's, it's not good. 
Oh, man. Well, let's let's wrap this up, Joseph, with um, a question from uh, the GoBundance app. Are you ready? Yeah, sure. All right. Joseph McCabe. If you could send a message to the entire world, what would you say in 30 seconds? Well, I guess it'd be my normal resounding message, which sometimes comes off too aggressive to a lot of people. But And that's why I need a second in command at Remax. But I just think it's very basic, but just people need to stop being victims and take more action. And it, it started you know, with what you and I discussed on the beginning of the podcast, the assumptions people make, uh, which is really them projecting their insecurities and their lack of ever accomplishing anything onto, onto you because you have made it. Um, so it's really not that hard to make it. It's really not that hard to make deals. You know, at a very basic level, you just got to stack assets. It's a pretty, it's a pretty easy game. Yeah. Um, buy stuff that makes money, buy stuff less than it's worth. It's, it's not hard. And, um, and take action and go out there and do it. You don't need money and you don't need to do, you don't need to know anything uh, to get a deal done. And so that would be my message to the world. Yeah. Your message to the world. You don't need to know anything. Isn't that the truth, right? <laughs> <I still don't. laughs> it's the truth. Uh. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, this has been a blast. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Pat. It's good to see you. In life, to be honest, I failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, bitch. Now you can take